0: Yes. um. Hello. Hi. Welcome to This is Uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. That's Dan and I'm Katie. Welcome. Welcome. This week, we're talking about end of the world theories. (laughs) I love the arm shake with that. That Yeah, nobody
1: (laughs) even saw that. Dang it. it.
0: All right. So uh, obvious topic here. We're gonna talk about how the world's gonna end. Get really uncomfortable. Maybe have some
1: ideas spiral out of control. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Um, well, at first I'd like to talk about why you wanted
0: to do this. So I wanted to do this because there was one day I was sitting in my backyard laying on the grass watching, you know, going down a YouTube rabbit hole, (laughs) just watching video after video. And the, there's this video that popped up about end of the world theories and it was just so fascinating and I fell asleep into a nap right afterward.
1: (laughs) The the video ended
0: and I fell asleep and I had some fucked up thoughts. Oh my God. And so I I woke up in kind of a really weird headspace about it and uh, started having those spiraling out of control thoughts of like, where you feel like you're just, your world's kind of imploding. Yeah. And you don't know how to handle it. Yeah. And you have to physically stop yourself from thinking those things and just move forward with your life.
1: Oh, welcome to my daily morning
0: anxiety <laughs> attack.
1: Yes. Very familiar. So I thought
0: that'd be fun to talk about here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I this one, um, it's not that it caught me. Off. It, it was a little bit out of left field when you suggested this one, just because it I, kind of surprised me, but right. in a good way. But um, the more and more that I've talked about this, I used to think this was just something, maybe younger me just was, like, more of a nihilist, but, like, I used to think this was more of just, like, a fun, like, thought game or, like, thought activity. Right. But I think just because of the way that things are going recently with, like, our environment and just, like, how storms are changing and what's going on in our, like, political arena globally and Mm -hmm. just, like... Just everything, everything kind of feels like that final scene in a movie. So I think, um, I'm, I didn't realize that this, like, this really does make me fucking uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, Sam tried to talk to me last night about, like, an exodus of the elite after, like, climate change, like, claims most of the planet. And I started to freak, I literally did that thing where it doesn't happen a lot, but sometimes I'll literally just be like, hey, do you mind if we talk about something else? Because I just can't Mm -hmm. deal. Mm -hmm. And, um, there was that climate report from the United Nations, too, that, um. That's not looking very good for the next 12 years. Yep. So I think that made this a very um, very timely topic.
0: I feel like also we've been talking about a lot of uh, social topics that are very, can be very personal. And this is one of those things where it has nothing to do with your life or my life or the lives we lived... This is it affects
1: literally every human on the planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this affects us as a society. Yes. This affects us as a species.
0: And it's just, none of it's certain, none of it's not certain. It's just a lot of gray areas where you can really kind of lose control of your your thought process and yeah. your conversation and it's just very fun yeah it is it's yeah. it's, it's a terrible topic that's fun to talk about it's so. fun yes yeah <laughs>
1: to sum it up tldr it's fun
0: <laughs> you're gonna want to die but it's fun <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're probably gonna have to considering the world is gonna end yes but that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna tell you about yes. now yes you should start what's your uh... so we each picked a few theories yes so, the first
0: theory I want to talk about is something that I think is very relevant to right now, and that is the threat of nuclear war. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. for context, um, if one nuclear bomb were to explode, it would cause a fatality rate in the blast zone of up to 80 to 95%. And that blast zone uh, essentially reaches out about 2.5 miles in every direction. So, um, Severe damage, which could be, like, radiation poisoning, nuclear fallout, blah, blah, blah. It uh, reaches up to six times farther. And the after effect of it is this thing called nuclear winter. So what (laughs) nuclear winter is is that clouds of dust and smoke released from the blast cover the planet and block the sun, causing the Earth's temperatures to drop. So, for a scenario... If a nuclear war to break out were to break out between U.S. and Russia, which are the top two uh, owners of nukes, there's yeah, about like seven. The yeah, there's about seven thousand nukes between the two countries. It would basically be so catastrophic that an untold number of people would die, and the Earth's temperatures would drop so much that we wouldn't be able to grow food any longer. So naturally, chaos and violence would ensue everywhere, and the collapse of society would happen very rapidly.
1: So the interesting thing about that too is that both of both of the main players in the nuclear game also have like huge land masses where um, there would be multiple targets all yes. over Russia and all over the United States where mm-hmm. and the reason I'm bringing that up isn't to be like conspiratorial I'm saying that because Wherever they landed those targets, if they're far enough away, that will literally affect the entire planet. It's not like they're... It, right. Obviously, some of this could be localized. Like, we've obviously, like, there, this has happened in our history before, and it, it wasn't... I mean, obviously, wind will carry that shit everywhere. Yes. But this will literally be global.
0: Yeah, it's not like we're targeting Portugal. No, no, no. Or one part of the United yeah. States. It would be the entire country as a mass. And that's just a mindfuck, yeah.
1: I think the other players were um, the UK, China, Israel, Iran, and North Korea, Mm -hmm. Um, which kind of just covers everybody else <laughs> yeah you're all invited <laughs> yeah if you if you were worried about like the like far east and far west and anything nobody's, in the middle don't worry nobody's out of this nobody is excluded
0: what scares me the most about this is that people are like human beings are in control of these things yeah not only did human beings create these things but human beings are in control of literally a switch being pressed yeah that would
1: release these things elsewhere I think this is one of the most catastrophic things we've ever done. Perm- Created? Permitted yeah. to. Yeah. The fact that we haven't, like, destroyed these facilities. Dis- I mean, I don't even know if we can disarm these things at this point. Just because of the way that, like, I didn't get nuclear, too deep into the tech yeah. of it. Yeah, but yeah honestly. Yeah. But at the same time, I also think a, a big issue with that is... um I, I did, read a think a little bit of the similar research that you were looking at. And since the 60s, like, since the proliferation of nukes, there have been several false alarms where the U like the uh the U I don't want to call it the USSR, but Russia like narrowly decided to not Oh the US too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And in those situations you just kinda of think to yourself like that was human error because those things were then proven to be false alarms. They misinterpreted
0: messages. Yeah. That could have caused a nuclear fucking war. Yeah. And I they're... hope someone got fired. I mean honestly at the very But the craziest part about it to me is this isn't a matter of, okay, our country would be involved in nuclear, or let's talk about the, to the country about whether or not we should do this. This is like, no, the highest of the highest ups are the only people deciding
1: this in some room somewhere, independent of the rest of the fucking world. On very isolated information. Yeah. Because it's information that only select people have access to. So these decisions are being made globally by a very small group of people. I think that's a like a big thing that we like forget too is like these people when right. we say leaders of nations we're literally saying like you are you are making life or death decisions it's like for these less people. than a cla- a kindergarten classroom, yeah, yeah, wild, yeah, can you imagine having that much power? I would not feel comfortable having that much well, power I honestly think that's why people that have that much power aren't always like the mentally healthiest just because like you can't you can't you can't wield that much uh consequence over humanity i think and put your head on a pillow and peacefully go to sleep without some type of like something outside of outside of your own ability to sleep
0: i think you have to honestly minimize everything and the only way your human mind could comprehend it is if you made something a smaller issue than it actually was it's kind of like when you become wealthy to a point where money kind of loses its value. Yeah. And you can buy a yacht one day and or, like, whatever. Yeah. That value of money is so small to you now because you have so
1: much of it. It I think it translates over to power, too. Like. Well, I think it the, translates to a lot of things. I mean, I don't want to turn it so somber in, like, a more, like, current events way. But I do know that, like, a lot of the criticism of, like, ICE agents is that, like, people who are in those scenarios on a day-to-day basis...
0: They may seem to
1: it. inhuman, or they may and the things they say may seem so out of touch because they are desensitized to it. These mm-hmm. people are absolutely desensitized to the things that they're saying and doing and the effects that they're having. Right. They're disconnected, they're disconnected from their social consequence because they've been put in a situation that well, they've put themselves in a situation that
0: The only way to cope is to, yeah, yeah, I don't think humans have the
1: capacity for that. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, Yeah. Like already social media shows we don't have the capacity for like comprehending all of us all at once. Yes. So comprehending our life and death consequence all at once, everybody, that would be terrifying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe in those situations, if you, let's say we go back to the misinterpretation of messages, who's to say that they're thinking of the next five years from now. They're thinking of right now if they're going to get attacked and how to rebuttal that. They're not thinking of the next six months from now, eight months from now, when this nuclear fallout is fucking everywhere yeah. and, and plant life's dying and human
1: kind is collapsing. Yeah, I think that's the thing too, is it's become a localized political thing for them that can just be a finite decision versus what we all see it as. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've seen Black Mirror. Don't, don't end my world. Yeah, I'm trying to grow flowers forever, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so what's the first topic you picked? Uh, the first one I picked was um, like a technological disaster or an AI takeover. <laughs> <laughs> yes okay (laughs) Okay. so this one is probably as like sci-fi as i'll get um but i think the reason i wanted to talk about this is because when we talk about technologies like there are many scenarios that we are talking about it's not just like one thing that could go wrong so some of the things i started thinking about was like okay it could be if we do get enough into ai which we know already a lot of really large companies are using them for like smaller things like personal assistance and stuff like that but like i'm not kidding you dude i think the other day i got a call from an ai like think it was like a test call and it it literally it sounded so human but there was just something that was off about it where it seemed like it was taking a pause to process what i was saying which a human would do but at the same time it was like a little bit too long yeah it was that thing that like you know the the voice activated robots when they're just like they do that like they make that calculating sound and then it goes okay it was almost yeah. like that but it was a next level of that have you gotten the comcast call where they fake type no okay
0: oh so, wait yeah i have yeah no, yeah that's, so the yeah. ai will respond and they'll go like they're typing yeah and you're like "Fool! i know you're a fucking robot don't do you... fake type at me is there
1: anybody out there that thinks it's like a wrote like a like a george jetson robot like actually sitting i know that's not the name of the robot but you guys know what i'm talking about like sitting at a computer like typing i don't know email us if you do yeah um we just we just blew your mind so I thought that was really, it was terrifying when it happened, but I do feel like um, that being infiltrated into, like, all types of our different... We, everything's already interconnected with the, the way that we have created our social networks and the way that we've, you know, obviously perpetuated the internet and how we use it. So global tap in wouldn't be like a hard concept i obviously don't have like the science of like how to like hack satellites or whatever you'd have to do but what would of... mean by a global tap in like taking over all of the i mean like communications if you're going to be taking over any kind of system that would have disastrous consequences for 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 people or for society it would be something like that right it would be something that would um in some way intercept information probably to like uh, I think that's Power com- centers? Is yeah. that what I'm thinking? Power centers is the word that I'm like... I'm thinking of, like, power plants, uh, phone companies, electrical companies, the satellites like that control our communication. Our communication should... That would... I think that's the... That would be one of the main ways that you would, like, control people, obviously. That's one of the first things to go in zombie apocalypse is every, all the satellites magically just stop working. And, sure. Yeah. So, AI takeover, but also tech failures causing disaster. Like, those same systems being hacked and, like, power plant, like, nuclear meltdowns or, like... Um, That is actually what happened. Chernobyl? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like us. I think that was user error. Yeah, I'm thinking not of Chernobyl. I'm thinking of Fukushima. Oh, okay. Um, because I think there... Were, yeah, yeah, like there's more than one that, to talk about. Yeah. Um, the idea that these systems that we automate or these systems that we then lend to computers to control may then stay on automation so long that they lend themselves to disastrous like consequences. Kind of like self-driving cars driving into buildings? Yeah, dude. What? <laughs> <laughs> Did we not tell you at every step of this, this was a bad fucking idea?
0: Also, I don't really understand the need for it. Why are you relying on your vehicle to drive for you?
1: I think really what it is, it comes down to um, people trying to (laughs) minimize. I honestly think it comes down to minimizing harm. People really do. I think, I haven't Uh, read into this, but I do think that, like, leaving it to human error is kind of sometimes that narrow margin of, like, fatality that we can't close. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I believe that, like, humans are imperfect that's those are the risks that we're taking when we do which is why you're supposed to be making rational decisions when you do that but this
0: is tech built by humans so wouldn't it also be inherently flawed,
1: flawed? yeah it would be like maybe the concept of a driverless car it's <laughs> just i don't i don't trust i just don't get it i don't like you're saying i don't trust i don't understand the need okay we already understand that you bogarted. it you messed up trains right we can't we can't just use trains. That's what a self-driving car is. It goes on a track. It you you sit down, you get to read your book, you get to go on Twitter, you get to do whatever the fuck you want, and your car goes to a destination. <laughs> the fact that you then get to a destination that everybody is at and then you have to go home from that destination, well, that's what we call living in a fucking society. Yeah. I I just Self-driving cars. Mm, Self-driving cars. Okay. And um, another one was force automation going out of our control and depleting all all of our resources. So the same thing would be the power plant, but um, the reason I wrote that specifically was that Black Mirror episode. Um, I believe it was... I think it was called, like, Pink... It was called something very innocuous, like Pink Bear or something like that, because... White Bear? No. No. White Bear was very different. Um, This was in a a later season, and it was the episode where they're, like, going on, like, a supply-run mission, and... um, it's to this like very very well guarded fact. It basically looks like there's been a nuclear. There's been some type of like apocalyptic fallout. Right. And this automated factory is still going, and it's depleting all of the resources of the of like the area around it. Like it's still cutting down the lumber. The gates are all guarded by like um, because there had been some type of like social fallout. Obviously, it was guarded with like machine guns. So even though it was it was. I'm thinking it was a parody of Amazon. It looked a lot like an Amazon factory. Like, okay. the logo was very, like, that. And it was all very, like, automated. So the system was choosing to deplete all of the resources in the area around it, knowing that there was, like, a survivor colony nearby. Because the AI in this, like, Amazon system, I think that it, it's, what was it? It was our our purpose is to, to like, deliver, per, like, It was just piling up products and goods that were already in, like, prepackaged boxes and everything. And they were trying to communicate with the actual system, like, hack into it to talk to it. And it basically just reinforced that it, like, knew that it was depleting the resources and knew that it was killing them. And it was, like, that's not my job is to protect our assets and to, like, produce our our inventory. And it just, like, didn't care. So I kind of just wanted to talk about that because I just feel like automation and the way that we're letting monopolies like that um, control our commerce is, like... That's also very scary in its own oh, way. Oh, boy. So, um... This is uncomfortable. Those are, <laughs> this is uncomfortable. <laughs> There's a lot of um, options for tech or AI going very, very wrong. Obviously, too, I think it's a really good point that you brought up, that human error would go... I mean, like, we are flawed. It's not that we we can create... I don't think we can create perfection. I don't know if we can create perfect machines, but, like, we can create a system that can run the way that it's supposed to. Yeah. But that's... All of that, I mean, I don't know if we can create something that's perfect and solves every problem because that's that's just mm-hmm. not what human did experience you, is. Did you ever
0: see the movie Idiocracy? Yes. Okay. I yes. Can, for some reason, my brain keeps jumping back to because that. Because
1: that's what we're living in, dude. <laughs> God, our whole life is... Oh, okay. But I I, mean, I really just don't like how much of the similarities I'm seeing in it, too. So it's just, like, yeah. it's always funny to comment on because you're just like, I don't want to give Bill Maher that credit, but, like, it Idiocracy is a little... Yeah. Too nail on the head for me. I I can't can't handle it. Yeah. There is a refuting argument though that because tech and AI will be so useful in preventing and combating everything else that might kill us, it should instead be considered a great tool in protection and harm reduction. Because we are using a lot of tech for like you know cleaning up the ocean and stuff, but um, I think it's obviously always like more sci-fi and right dark but to look is at the, the rate of
0: tech's um, positivity. Working at the same rate
1: of humankind's destruction. Um, you're asking me that in a capitalistic society, so I would absolutely say, no. Not even close. No, I don't think when there's a desire for profit that there can be a pace that positivity can keep, unless the unless like, the profit is driven directly from that positivity. Like mm-hmm. there's really no reason because we're driven. Well, that's what we're driven by. We're driven by profit. Right. Which is why we're literally. Yeah. Filling our oceans up with trash, ugh. Oh. <clears throat> Which uh, that would be my my last one is climate change, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, would you like to go to your next? Yes, I
0: would. Your next theory? <laughs> okay. So my next theory is super volcanoes.
1: Ooh, this one scares me. <laughs> All
0: right. So scientists theorize that this super volcano catastrophe happens about once every hundred thousand years. Mm-hmm. So it's not an exactly a matter of if, but when. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So when a super volcano erupts. So if you imagine the Mount St Helens explosion in nineteen eighty, mm-hmm. and just the absolute devastation that caused, a super volcano would be eighteen hundred times larger than that. Eighteen hundred times larger. Yes. Okay, that's um, fucking great. Obviously, there's large scale destruction at ground zero. Mm-hmm. Basically, all of that is just magma. Really, yeah. 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 Pompeii status. Um, but after that, very similar to nuclear war, the ash lifted into the atmosphere would block the sun, causing global temperatures to drop 5 to 10 degrees, while ash on the ground killed all the plant life. Mm. So, essentially, it's a nuclear bomb. Yeah. But in a volcano. Volcanoes Um, are,
1: like, the OG nuclear bomb, though, if you think about it, I guess.
0: But with those two things,
1: all life would cease to exist. Do you think that we have any type of, like, um sizable amount of backup facilities that have um, soil already in them that's, like, protected and, like, grow lights that are already there because I think some of the main concerns that we have with growing things is that growing things on the surface would not be possible. Obviously, if everything in our chemical, like, nature in our soil and, like, the planet and atmosphere changes, it's going to be impossible to grow things. But I truly do wonder if in these scenarios we don't have underground facilities. Like, you know, like in Pineapple Express, like, the underground, like, the pot
0: farm? Yeah, yeah. Do you are you saying like enough to sustain life as it is now or just like to continue growth should the soil on the earth cease to be
1: I don't, feasible I don't even know if we can okay well I mean you can make soil cuz it's a lot of compost but you would need enough healthy not toxic food to start with to have that So what I'm what I'm wondering too is that like yeah we might even have the underground facilities but do you think that there's enough like access to soil that has been I don't know. I don't even think if that's something that we've thought of. To put soil aside in case our... Definitely not. I also think I'm that... I'm going to look into this. I feel like somebody's probably done vi- this.
0: Doesn't the viability of soil like have a shelf life, essentially. It has a
1: cycle, for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. Like, you have to plant things a certain way with a certain rotation in order to have that soil continue on. Well,
1: also too, a, re- a big reason that you do that is that if you do things in a certain order, you can create better nutrients from whatever was left behind for the thing that, like, cycled after, Right. If you know enough about those things. Right. Like, I don't, I'm not sure what it is, but I know that it's strawberries that either, like, can be placed after something or grow, like, leave something that is very good for, like, it just, like, like that. those soil yeah. cycles are definitely very pliable, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's probably a lot of like doomsday prepper things going on in the background that we don't know about, but I wonder if that's something that we would have access to after. Because a big concern is like how to grow food after we clearly change yeah. this landscape, because that's happening right now.
0: Well, one of the positives with the super volcano is that we have technology today to kind of predict that sort of thing. Yeah. So we yeah. could. Essentially prepare for it, maybe not we I don't think we could stop it necessarily, but yeah. we could definitely um, minimize our minimize arm. the f- effects of it so that's definitely a positive, but I still think that the devastation would be huge yeah and who's to say that the soil that was overtaken by the supervolcano would become viable in our lifetime again?
1: yeah, our lifetimes are that's I think something we forget is like our lifetimes are like a blank yeah. So, and the planet doesn't care about that, especially a volcano doesn't. But it also makes me wonder where, like, maybe we're so worried about it in our entire lifetimes because it seems like it's going to happen any day. But, like, if a volcano were about to start getting ready for a super volcano, like a super eruption, Yeah. would we not have enough warning signs where I feel like it would be, like... Yeah, this wouldn't be, like, a Dante's
0: Peak status where the town's evacuating as it's erupting yeah this is we'd this have like months like, probably like isn't yellowstone right now and like making some rumblings or that's something? yeah and
1: that's been a concern for a long time because it's really overdue that's yeah. that's another thing that worries me about living here too it's like we're not we're not far from the epicenter of one of the most likely super volcanoes and even if not this one there's also um what's the other park up in wyoming yosemite yeah, not Wyoming. <laughs> Is it Wyoming? I'm really bad at my geography, right <laughs> now. but I am thinking of Yosemite. I'm thinking of Yosemite and Yellowstone, but I think I just switched them. Yeah, um, those are both very viable super volcanoes, are they? Yeah, though? yeah. So I think
0: I I don't really know this the science behind volcanoes, but I feel like most of them are still pretty viable. Like I think they go through a period a, a period of dormancy, and then eventually they kind of have like a.
1: Sort of well, thing. I think too. It depends on wherever the plates are touching. So volcanoes beca- are fucking weird, man. Dude, yeah, we went to the Big Island. uh Was it two years ago that we went up to? Well, yeah, we went up to the peak of like where you can still see. I I lit. I saw lava with my eyes. I I never thought in my life I would ever see that. Wow. And it was literally just bump. You're super far away from sure. like where where it. I don't remember what the opening is called, but like. Where you can see into that, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, you can see it bubbling up so violently that you can, like, see splashes of it. Yeah. So that was also, it was really cool, but it was terrifying.
0: Well, this doesn't, I mean, super volcanoes is one thing, too. This doesn't even touch on other Mother Nature stuff, like tsunamis or uh, hurricanes or tornadoes or anything like that, where, I mean, I feel like the balance of, weather is so delicate that human involvement could for sure tip it over into have these Absolutely. things. Which Absolutely. I'm sure you can gonna to touch on later. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. That
1: is actually one of the main points of the Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um so and super volcanoes. Yeah.
0: Luckily we have I mean, people if you support scientists who delve into the research and study of volcanoes were effectively trying to avoid those kinds
1: of things and understand them better. So that's always great, but... It's just daunting, I think, because volcanoes are one of those things that, like, really the only thing you can do is, like, try to be as out of the way as possible of it. Because it really is larger than that. It's not something that... It just reminds yeah. me, too, of, like, just, like, being in an earthquake. It's literally under you. Like, you just you just have to minimize your harm. It's not about preventing. Yeah.
0: It's not a matter of dumping a bunch of baking soda in there to kind of minimize <laughs> it. It's
1: like, no, it's going to explode if it's going to explode. Yeah. It's going to, it's beyond you. Yeah. It's bigger. It was here before you, and it, yeah. it's more in charge of this place than you are. I think that's,
0: sh- shout out to Dante's Peak, because it's a
1: great movie. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Yeah, I just think that's something that's really easy to forget. Like, yeah. This is, this is not really our show, so sometimes yeah. there's there's plot there's twists like
0: we did not plan. L- layers to yeah. this earth that we're on that could
1: destroy all life. Yeah, that we're just fucking the, chilling The core
0: on. of this earth is that it's not for humans.
1: It's a ball of fire, dude. <laughs> yeah. I think we forget it's a fucking ball of fire. And gas, yeah. Um, speaking of a ball of fire, uh, my second theory... Uh, is Scorched Earth. Oh, yes! Yeah. Okay. Or, do you have anything else to say about super volcanoes? No, I'm ready you... to move on to Scorched All right. Earth. Scorched Earth. I wrote next to it. Scary because it's real. Yeah. Because this it's isn't a... a theory. This is going to happen. Yeah, it's a certainty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't really matter because we're going to be very, very long gone. Um, I think that's a scary thought for a lot of us, that, like, there is there is an end to humanity. We're not going to last forever. Um it doesn't have to be in our lifetimes and that doesn't mean to like go out and like loot anything no. we're just we're just saying like that there is going to be a day where we are not the main focus of our lives cuz that's just going to happen but it will be 5.4 billion years from now mm-hmm. so that would be the last point in like the 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 sun's journey i guess um, that would be when the sun would start fueling he- helium fueling fusing helium sorry nice. <laughs> and rapidly expand through the orbits of mercury and venus it will possibly also expand through our orbit but if it doesn't expand through our orbit it will just torch the planet and turn it into another venus basically right. um but way before that the thing is is even if we like let's say we sustain humanity for a really long time and we're around in like 999 million years and we're about to make it to a billion years right in a billion years, um, so this is something that I thought was really interesting. I'd never known this and nobody ever told me that this might factor into global warming at all, but the sun is always increasing steadily in heat and luminosity, mm-hmm. always. So um, in a billion years, the heat energy will have increased by 10% and that will cause a runaway greenhouse effect, which will make the planet unlivable for us um, as humans, Um, at that point, I'm pretty sure we'll have killed off enough species that we won't be able to sustain ourselves, but that's neither here nor there, because it's my next theory, (laughs) not this one. Um, so two and a half billion years after that heat energy increase, um, in three and a half billion years, the sun would boil our oceans. (laughs) Can you imagine that visual? I've just been thinking of what that looks like for our oceans to be boiling because the sun is so hot. Just a lot of dead fish at the surface? I mean, I don't think fish would have even been around though. I think at this point it's barren waste. I think this at this point it's It's just dirt, land ro- and sea. It's, it's the elements at this point. It's yeah. Dirt, wood, maybe wood. I don't even know if trees would be around. Um three it's and a half just billion just years. Rocks and water. And it also says melty ice caps, which I feel like this is very optimistic that it thinks we'll have ice caps in three and a half <laughs> billion years. Like I'm like, dog, if you do you see what we've done to those shits? Like yeah, come on. Yeah. Um, it says melt the ice caps and turn the planet, turn Earth into a planet like Venus. So that would kind of be the same as if it didn't torch it in, um, when it expands in 5.4 billion years. So the reason I wanted to talk about this one, um, is because this is just a reality that you're going to have to deal with. Obviously this doesn't matter for you or honestly your entire life, like your bloodline, probably for however many generations your kids hope to have kids. I don't think it matters. It, it's not really something that, we have control over and this this is one of those things I think that makes this episode very relevant to our subject matter because this it makes me really uncomfortable to think about how tiny I am. Do you see how much I'm fidgeting right yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah. How tiny well the thing is too is like how tiny I am, but like how tiny my species is. How yeah. our footprint Right. I, not to be like all like poetic and sad about it, but like our footprint is like really like one like on the sand like on a beach and it's gonna get washed away and that's that's just the like the nature of it and there's something also very beautiful in that because you just have to like make what you can out of the time that you have but that doesn't really change the fact that it makes you feel very tiny Mm -hmm. um so scorched earth was kind of a weird one because i i do think it's important to kind of like put that in perspective because sometimes it's easier to like not get mad in traffic or like be more patient in the grocery store line when you realize like you're you're living an experience and there's like there's only going to be so much of that so i think Um, Even if it's really, really far off, the first time that I learned that the Earth was not, like, a forever thing, I think I was, like, 9 or 10, and I think it really changed my perspective on things. It was a very, like, big moment. I, like, read. I had, dude, when I was a kid, I had no idea the sun was going to fucking explode. I didn't know that shit. And I remember reading that for the first time and almost feeling, like, panicked. I was like, why is nobody worried about this? And then (laughs) I was like, right, 5.4 billion years, like, what the fuck are we going to do about it? Right. So I think that's, like, a weird... It's weird to sit with. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's
1: hard to really
0: wrap your head around the whole timeline of the universe mm-hmm. and how we're just like a bloop, bloop, like a tiny
1: little blip. If we could even hope like, to make that sound. Yeah. Yeah. It, we're a half We're of probably the blip. a silent fart, to yeah. be honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are so insignificant on the scale of the timeline of the universe. Yeah. Not just
1: Earth, but the universe the in general. Universe. I mean, just all of it. Yeah. When you zoom out a little more, it just starts to get a little wild. When you And then I think, too, remembering that we are a breath of life on a tiny speck on, like, the bottom right center of, like, a giant galaxy. That in itself just kind of, like... Trying to wrap your head around the idea
0: of infinite and, like, just space going on forever... It, gets, it makes my heart start to race. Yeah,
1: actually, it's really funny that you literally use that phrase because on our list of topics for this episode, I literally wrote the concept of infinity because it's uncomfortable. It to it, It's not. It's not even. It's not even that it's uncomfortable. It just it makes you feel like you're floating on an ocean that has no end, and that is infinity. That's literally what it is. So I think it's kind of. Creepy. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. All
0: right. Listen. I don't I don't think the human mind can comprehend it. Honestly. It's not supposed
1: to. Yeah. We're animals. We weren't I I don't think we were supposed to have consciousness. I think consciousness was a mistake. Yeah. Like,
0: I think that this depth of consciousness was definitely that's, a mistake. Yeah, yeah. and I, mean, I
1: don't mean a mistake. I just mean a a happy consequence. I don't think it was something that was yeah. intentional. Um, I think it might have come a little bit too from like the social habits that we i like, I mean Spoiler alert! This is definitely going down the like the path of evolution, but like, if that's something you have a problem with, like, it, yeah. But I think You're a big thing for opinion. me is that like, um, the evolution of how we socialize together really made our relationships important, and I think that changed our brain development. I think mm-hmm. the way that we care about each other and the relationships that we invest in each other really change how we think about life and why we think about it at all, I think. Other animals don't have that burden, so... I think the concept of love changed <sighs> human beings. Yeah. But I do... What's interesting about that is, like, animals definitely feel it. I just don't think they understand it. I think they feel, uh, like, attraction. You don't think animals feel love? I don't think that they feel commitment. No. No, not commitment. No, I know they don't feel commitment. I think, honestly, though, I'm thinking of my domesticated animals, and I have to remember that, like, we're also talking about, like, the entire animal kingdom.
0: But also, like, dogs are pack animals.
1: Yeah. So, like, banding together is also within their DNA. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know that necessarily translates into love. Well, the reason I think I suggest that, too, is because... that's actually a really good point. I mean, attachment isn't necessarily that, either. I think that too, the, I think the reason I bring that up is because of the way that my cats act and they are solitary creatures. Like before they were domesticated, they're solitary. So it's like, it but, is.
0: But do you think that they'd still act the same way with another human?
1: Yeah. Given the amount of time? Yeah. The amount of time? Absolutely. Yeah. I do think it, it depends on, like, what kind of trust you build with... Like, dude, I always... Oh, here's the thing. I can't ever talk about the, the relationship I have with my animals for too long. Because if I think about it for too long, I realize they don't really give a shit about me. <laughs> I feed them. I fucking feed them, dog. That's... Yes. Their relationship yes. with me is I'm where the food fucking comes from. Yep. All right? Mm-hmm. Gus loves me a lot. You know why? Because I buy him so many kinds of fucking treats, Katie. Like, I I can't close the drawer. I can't close the fucking drawer because he has so many kinds of treats. And toys. And, and toys. And scratches. And scratches and, yeah. and all that. And all of that translates into something else, but it might not be love. So I think that concept is kind of... It's one of those things that humanity, I think, is almost... It's like a detriment to us, but it's good that we can think about it. Well,
0: think, think. about the kind of pressure and uh, weight we've put on this concept of... In- intertwining hope and fate into it too oh, or um, like any sort of level of faith
1: yeah like that
0: translating into love like loving your your creator or whatever
1: yeah like dude. holy
0: shit that has literally built societies and that's just that has built society we all live in yeah. globally yeah
1: and the conflicts that happen in between yeah. are like the conflicts that we have in every like almost every country it, it, conflict that we have right now would be... Well, I mean, yeah, they're all ideological, if that would make sense, or yeah. resource-based. But, I mean, just this
0: idea of, oh, I love you, so therefore I'm willing to dedicate my life to you, like this one shot at life I have, or I'm willing to um, change who I am for this concept of I love this either real-life human or this sentient being that I don't know exists, or whatever. That like, I have belief in. All of, all of these things that are built upon this like, concept of love or faith or whatever. Yeah. Like, those are just ideas. Yeah. Like, the human mind has made those come into fruition and be created, those are not, like, concrete things we hold in our hand.
1: No, absolutely not. I think that's an interesting thing, too, is that, like, we have, in a world that is already so complex and that we are so tiny, we have built such a complex world. I think that's also one of the most fascinating things about human history is that, like, we've created a world within a world. Mm -hmm. And each of us also has a world within ourselves. So I think that's also... It's a Do you ever think about that Man. when you're um when I I think when I'm at stoplights, I think about it the most. I'll like look around. And I don't I'm not super about like looking into other people's cars because I feel like I always feel weird when somebody looks at me, but like I just think and then you about it. Right like, like, yeah, oh, and you're both what's just in my like, car over oh what hmm, look at that light over there. That's interesting. Um I just think about how every single person in that car has a family and has a history and has memories and has problems and insecurities and is going to go to lunch that day and has appointments that week. And all of us are just doing these things next to each other. And I always think about it too on the freeway that it's like, honestly, I wonder that all of us aren't crashing into each other all the time. Yeah. Um, it just takes a lot of synchronicity and it takes caring about each other. I think that's an important thing to remember, like not crashing into people all the time takes caring about each other. Yeah. It's insane. Which is sweet in its own way. We're sweet. When we... Then you have the assholes who just don't
0: give a fuck, about give a fuck we've in non-traffic.
1: Yeah. And then everybody else. But I, another beautiful thing about that is you sense it. You sense everybody else's driving change. They either speed up or slow down to accommodate that person. Because even if that guy's being an asshole, all of us want him to get home safely. And, like... I don't, but yes. I, 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 it's, it's like a very optimistic way to look at it. But for me, it's like, obviously we're looking out for ourselves too. Like there is that self-interest of like, I need to make sure that I'm in a place where he's, if he makes a mistake in his weird calculations, yes. I need to make sure that I'm in a position where I can be safe as well. Even in guarding ourselves, we are guarding others because if all of us are being safe, you know, it's the same idea of like mm-hmm. minimizing harm, I think. But... Ugh. That's That won't matter in 5.4 billion years, will it? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Let's move on to your last one. All right. This
0: last one I'm so excited about because I absolutely love these ideas, uh, as twisted as that may be. And I love microbiology and I love and viruses. This is like my viruses. favorite. And my last theory is a pandemic. Yeah, yeah.
1: Ah! Girl, I've seen Outbreak. I remember this shit. Have you seen Contagion? I don't think so.
0: Have I? Oh, I have. It's a 2011 yeah. film, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i was so good. Sure. All right. So to start this off, mm-hmm. research believe that there's a 5% chance that this is actually going to happen. <laughs> That's actually not low. So um, within the next 100 years, too. Okay, cool. So within the next 100 years, <laughs> um, there'll be a disease that will essentially wipe out all of humanity. 5% chance. I think you have a less chance of uh, winning the lottery.
1: Yeah, you do have a less chance of winning the
0: lottery. so this disease would have four features. Okay. One, it would be incurable, like the current strains of Ebola. Uh Uh-huh. So there wouldn't be any cure. All you basically would have to do is try to survive. Yeah. Two, it would almost always be fatal. Three, it would be easily transferable. So if it spread like the common cold, uh, there'd be virtually no way to stop new infections from happening it was spread like wildfire, as the common cold does now. That's why we have flu seasons. That's why we have colds that are started in Australia and end up here. I mean, yeah. it's what happens. Yeah. Then the last one would be a long incubation period. So diseases like HIV that allow massive windows of time for victims to become infected and not really know it. Yeah. So if it had all four of these factors um, and it were to emerge in a high-density urban area, modern medical science would probably only be able to lessen suffering and infected Would not be able to stop it. Um, Yeah, so
1: I think this is why Ebola is so scary too, because it does have all those features. And when an outbreak happens,
0: in a a heavily populated area, it spreads like crazy. Yeah. And it's so hard to stop it. That's why. And it's only stemmed because, like, there's literally
1: global intervention. Right. You so remember that last outbreak? You remember when someone in the United States had it? Yeah, that was fucking... I literally, I remember the day I heard terrifying. that. was terrifying. I remember hearing that and being like, this is what I've literally had nightmares about my entire life. Since like, I saw Outbreak. Since I saw Outbreak, Since yeah. I read Hot Zone. I was just going to say since I read Hot Zone. That, that was my first That first episodes. chapter of Hot Zone. Oh! Fuck you up. Oh! <laughs> Richard yes. Preston, is that who it is? Oh, yes. dude. Fucked my whole life up. So he's, he's got other books like that too, and they're great. By the way. So there's <laughs> also a flip side to this
0: idea, and that is things like antibiotics are becoming mm-hmm. Um,
1: mm-hmm. less effective, mm. and
0: common cold or not common colds, but a lot of things are becoming antibiotic resistant. Mm-hmm. So there's like this counteraction happening where our modern medicine is, is diminishing a little bit too because it's so prolifically used to an excess.
1: Yeah, but I honestly do think that, like, antibiotics were being overprescribed. And they, they're trying to stem it now where, like, mm-hmm. they don't give it to you unless you, like, really need it. But even the other, like, I, uh, before I got, I had some dental work, like, last year. And before I had that done, I needed to take antibiotics. And I remember um, after I finished one cycle of them, I had to, like, reschedule. And I think they just, like, had me do it again, like, a month later because... I just needed to, like, I think that it was, like, an infection, and I needed to keep it down. But I also started thinking about, like, how many times I've taken antibiotics in my life. And not only is it very, very, like, I don't want to say catastrophic, but it's very altering to your body chemistry. Like, there's a lot in your body that has to readjust after antibiotics. So take your probiotics for sure. Um, but I think that that's something that like we all think about too. It's like, am I, am I antibiotic resistant now? (laughs) Well, the thing I think people forget
0: is that even if you feel totally back to normal and you still have say 10 pills left, five pills left, please fucking take them to finish them. That's the whole reason why things are become antibiotic resistant is because you're not allowing the antibiotics to finish out and completely deplete the virus within your system. And the virus stays there and works with the antibiotics and then morphs and evolves to become antibiotics, So you're consistent. literally
1: like the way that we make vaccines is the way that people are nullifying antibiotics. You're yeah. literally and, giving, or, and you're, of course overprescription. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like you're giving the cha- uh, the bacteria a chance to reinforce itself and like learn yeah. this this strain and like basically figure out how to like not figure out how to be stronger than it, but like if you don't finish the dose, you haven't fully killed it.
0: Well, I think that's also why the common cold is so easily transferable and not can't be stopped is because Mm -hmm. once it's in your system, it changes and evolves to something new and then it's passed on to the next person. So even if you had, uh, antibiotics or, uh, antivenom, whatever you want to call it, I forget the word for it. Uh, what is it? Edward, whatever. If you had medicine to kill the common cold in you, that's your unique strain. Antibodies. Sorry. Antibodies. Thank Sorry. you. <laughs> like no, no,
1: no. I was just like, I didn't, I forgot. I like had, Jeez, was like blanking out for a second and I was like, what are you looking at? Oh yeah. Antibodies. Very yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Doctor over
0: here. Um, <clears throat> that changes
1: once it leaves your body too, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so another thing, um, just like as a side note about the common cold, I had one professor, like, tell us that an idea about it is that the reason that we might not be able to cure it is that it is your body telling you to, like, chill the fuck out, Mm -hmm. Um, that sometimes what it basically is is, like, a lowered immune system from your stress and, like, you catching some germs that you can usually, like, deal with and your body kind of being, like, yo, you need to slow down and, like, we're feeling vulnerable and it will, like, take you out, basically, so that you can rest. So I think that's, like, a big thing, too, that we forget is that stress is, like, literally toxic and we'll do that to you. Yeah. Yeah. Stress
0: actually is a pandemic if you think about it. Mm, it's true. Yeah. But yeah, the idea of something like this happening is just like this ties into a whole zombie theory. I was and just going to ask if shit, you yeah. thought if it
1: would tie into zombie theories.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely feasibly could because if you think about um, like the rage virus. Yeah. That um, 28 the, days. Yeah. That was kind of a virus that took over and caused you to do this. And then yeah. it became a
1: pandemic because it spreads it rapidly. If Imagine too co- if that stuff. Remember that bad meth that was going around oh, where yeah. people were literally becoming or like the basalts? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. It was. It was the basalts. Um, that's I mean, obviously, that's that something was a, that was, that was that like was voluntarily. A hoax, I don't know if it was a hoax because there were a few people that that happened to. I don't know. There were like that was that violent. Remember that dude? He Like ripped somebody's face off. Yeah. Well, I mean,
0: drugs are bad. Yeah. But yeah.
1: But I remember <laughs> after that happened, there were like two more violent encounters after that. And it was literally somebody who had like superhuman strength because they were, you know, on like a drug rage and was very, very violent towards themselves and other people. And I think if that was something that uh, that was something ingested, that was the choice that person made. But if it was something that was like put that also could tie into something else like a chemical warfare, if it was like put in the water or like something like that. Yeah, that would definitely be terrifying. So in terms of undead status, no, I don't think that's feasible. Yeah, yeah, it's just not. Yeah, it's never going to happen. Yeah, if you're dead, you're dead. Yeah.
0: But I think that the whole zombie-like state yes. of being so enraged that you just want to violently kill or you want to, you know, do something. I think the turning a of that, person
1: off and turning them into an angry killing machine is very, very possible. Yeah, I think that's possible. I don't, I don't know if it's an undead angry killing machine, but I fully agree with you. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think that could definitely morph into something that doesn't necessarily just like incapacitate humans, but makes them into some sort of vessel for external rage or. I don't know. Yeah. Like the happening. Yeah. Where they just oh, want to kill. It. Oh, was it was bird box. oh, that crazy. Oh, that was. Something like that. Like if that was the virus and they just like, it made you suicidal or it made you
1: yeah uh,
0: irrational or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely feasible. It just messed with your brain chemistry somehow.
1: Yeah. And I think that's another thing that we forget too, is that like the development of our brains really is so fundamental to like how we have built this like society as it is. So why wouldn't it be something changing in our brain chemistry that like manipulated like the environment, manipulating us to maybe like cull our own herd because yeah. that's another thing too is that we don't we don't know how much we're affecting the environment Mm-mm.
0: yeah so I think the the most terrifying part of this one was the long incubation period mm-hmm. because if that were a factor in it none of us would really know if we had it? Yeah. Because who's to say we could be able to test for it so quickly? Mm-hmm. Like modern medicine doesn't stretch that far. No. You always think it stretches way farther than it actually does, but there's so much about human anatomy and biology and everything we still don't know. Yeah. Which is mind blowing in itself. But if it was something the like history, this, like
1: medical history is not very long. Like we've no. only been doing. Do we medical stuff. Do for people? No... I mean, like lobotomies Dude, happened not too long surgery ago. Surgery without.
0: Anesthesia? That was not that was not
1: lifetimes ago. Like that's that's the thing is that like I think um we are very grateful for what medicine can do for us, but we don't realize it's only like one millimeter ahead of our pace, I think, as far as like development goes. That's why there's a lot of things we can't yeah, we can't we were we're going backwards in antibiotics, so that's a big problem. Yeah. I think too, we haven't really had a big breakthrough since like penicillin. Well, no, let me take that back because We're getting to the point where the AIDS cocktail, the drug, like the cocktail drug for, like the cocktail of drugs that you take to um, not develop AIDS from being HIV positive, I believe, would be the correct terminology, has gotten so accurate and so like well curated that people can literally have um, like non-existent T cells, like on their test results, which Mm -hmm. would essentially mean. That they are not HIV positive. I mm-hmm. think that's as close as we can come to saying as like in the history that we've had that we've we're getting to a cure for AIDS. And I think yeah. that's like and I don't, obviously that doesn't cure AIDS after it happens. That's like a different thing. But if mm-hmm. we can create that much prevention, I think like that's amazing.
0: Yeah, it's just mind blowing to think that you could still get diagnosis from someone. That still is like, well, you're fucked. We have no idea how to fix this or what to do with it. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah. We know what it is.
1: We know how it reacts. We know what happens. We have no idea how to stop it. Do you ever notice, too, there's so many points in history where all it takes is the right person with the right amount of access to get a disease to be like, no, fuck you. You're researching my shit. And then they'll be like in that person's lifetime. They'll be like development after development because, Mm -hmm. you know. That person's family or that person will really take it upon themselves to drive that research. And I think that really goes to show how many of us there are and how daunting, like, the medical world is. Because you can literally just develop a new fucking disease that nobody has ever had. Yeah. And then like name it after yourself. And name it after yourself. And within your lifetime, develop maybe the most progress that has been made on that disease, which I think is just wild to happen in, like, 2000. I think the reason is we just think that we're living such modern times that you're just like, wait, what do you mean we don't? We don't yeah. have a cure for cancer. What do you mean we haven't, we haven't fixed that yet? Yeah. And I still can't get over the fact that we're literally ruining antibiotics. Like one of the few <laughs> graces that we had. We're like, you know what? Oh, this man. is too good of a cure. Fuck you, dad. You can have this back. Yep. I'm not talking about grandpa and this guy, but I'm just saying. Yep. Um, pandemics. Pandemics. All right. So my last would kind of um, go into that a little bit. My last one is climate change. Mm. So um, climate change, I think, is a really good finisher because it kind of covers many different things that might instigate bigger problems that would cause the social instability for society to crumble, basically. So under this, I wrote climate change. It um, changes our food supply. Um, It creates unknown growing conditions. That food instability destabilizes societies. Um, The amount of environmental disaster that we've been having and, like, the uh, uptick in the scales and scopes of these types of storms. And severity, yeah. Yeah. The superstorms will create climate refugees because we already know that, like, some of the first places to go are going to be, like, Bangladesh, Florida, New York. Like, these coastal cities, these places that are already kind of submerged or swampy or, like... San Francisco. Yeah. Places like that are... um, they will go. I like that under. you tried in Bangladesh and then all the US. Well because well, like because Bangladesh is very marshy. And the ones that I read about, <laughs> the the two that I read about were like basically Florida as a state, because I mean, Florida is very swampy. It's very marshy. Yes. So those areas that are already like partially submerged, if this goes any further, like there's just no way like especially too because um when these superstorms happen, if they're happening near water and they cause swells, those swells don't always go down all the way anyway. So you're creating new like, water levels with these superstorms, melting ice caps, all this new water that's everywhere. Yeah. There's just lots of different directions that the chaos can come from. I think that's one of the things that we forget about. Those storms also can de- disable communication, which creates more shadows for bad practices in vulnerable communities, which I think what I meant by that is that the exploitation of, like, natural resources that already happens in third-world countries, if we don't have access and we don't have people that are in all of those places all the time those places can be exploited by the people that are already trying to do that in those areas. So essentially without oversight. Off. Yeah. I think I'm talking about like not having like oversight of people just because like we wouldn't be able to communicate. Cause I think a big thing that we're not realizing about natural resources is that like commercial flights going to be out the window in a few years because jet fuel's not going to be worth it. Not unless you're literally like the, the elite and we're talking like 1% globally, not us. Um,
0: you think that commercial flights are going to be out in a few years?
1: Not a few years, but I do think commercial flight as like a, like a recreational normal thing is definitely our lifetime. I if don't they think don't find another alternative fuel source. For airplanes? Yes. I don't, I'd be very fucking hard because the whole point is, is that like there are alternative ideas, but they're so expensive that it's not worth it. So it's, it's, hmm. it's the, it's the keeping it commercial. I don't think flight. Is going to be over. I think commercial flight as, like, a Southwest hop on a plane, go to Vegas whenever you want. People are going to have to, like, remember, like, that's fucking out the window. Like, these are not... These are luxuries. I've never thought about that. These are things... Well, I didn't either until that UN climate change report. Oh. Yeah. That one. Um. So that's the big sobering moment that I think... I was reading on Twitter. I think that's the report that everybody talks about. Like, there's people literally who are, like, reading it and, like, moving to the woods and, like, changing their lives because they're getting so depressed by it. Because it basically covers three different levels of climate change degree, like if the planet increases in temperature um, one to three degrees Celsius, and there's like three scenarios. The first one being just basically kind of what we've already been living in in these past couple years, which is like increased superstorms, um, seeing more damage from them, and then seeing them happen more often. Um, the second, I think, was like kind of like catastrophic. Uh, I don't remember the specifics of it, but I just remember that the third one was literally just like an end to all life because there would be there wouldn't be anything there because if we ruin the air and water enough it's not just us it's everything like this 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 delicate balance doesn't just sustain us we're not the only ones that need like this oxygen and like this water and this air or I already said oxygen you know what I mean yeah I feel really bad the look on your face looks so bummed right now oh no it's I'm fine okay (laughs) it's just hard to talk about (laughs) no it is it is hard it's just crazy. Um, and mass extinction, mass extinction, uh, will change biodiversity and food chains. So that's, I think, a big thing that we're looking into now is that as a very developed, um, self-aware species, it's not that we are going to like, oh, climate change is going to happen and like, okay, we're going to die. Our food is going to just be gone. A lot of other food supplies. And food chains will change because there will be mass extinction. So once those food supplies change, like, if there aren't bees, obviously bees is one of the biggest ones. Because they pollinate so much and we wouldn't be able to germinate food or trees. Um, I think that would change a lot of organic growth, obviously, like, growing food. But that also changes, like, what eats those things and then what eats those things that eats those fruits and berries. Yeah, it's literally the cycle of life. It's literally the cycle of life. So we would survive, but we'd be eating, like, seaweed, seaweed, jellyfish, algae things like that things that we can harvest things that are sustainable probably like i don't know probably i mean different types of proteins for sure there isn't, wouldn't
0: isn't there some theory that if bees were to go extinct that life on earth would basically cease to exist within a couple of
1: days i don't know if it was days but i've heard that theory yeah for it's sure. like very very rapid yeah yeah it was. if they would cease to exist for sure because i think that's some we were making i think a little bit of progress and starting to figure out like what not to use on plants but obviously like you can only tell corporations so much when they have that much power so yeah bees would be really great to keep yeah um flowers in general
0: would be really great to keep just plant life and Anything besides humans.
1: That's another thing, too, that I think we forget about is, like, the the diversity in plant life is really what keeps the diversity in everything else. I mean, that's... And I'm not even trying to say that that's foundational. I just really want to highlight that all of this is tied together, and we really... It's not about being a climate change, like, a person who believes in it or denies it. It's about the fact that everything affects everything, and you cannot exist on this planet Throwing away as much trash as you do every day and not think about the fact that you were having an effect on it. Yeah. Like, think about how many bags of trash you've thrown out in your lifetime and where those bags are because they haven't disappeared. The first bag of trash you ever threw out, the plastic around that bag of trash Still that you somewhere. threw out when you were an infant or a child and you went and threw something away at Disneyland, that plastic bag exists somewhere. Wow. Oh, my God. I have never fucking thought about that until right now. That is fucking depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Honorable mention on my list of um, of end-of-world theories is uh, Biblical Apocalypse. Mm. I'm going to just finish with that. Honorable mention on mine is a biotech disaster. Okay.
0: And that is when we're fucking with people's genetics or plant genetics, and it
1: turns out to be... A wreck. A wreck. Ursula Le Guin wrote a really cool short story about uh, Dimension, where everybody was kind of a product of this. It was... Fucked up, my dude. Yeah. There was a person who was like 5% corn and he looked like a corn, but he was a person. That's like some splice shit. And it is, dude. And there's like hella like classism based off of what you were spliced with. Yeah. And they're just, it's just funny that no matter what scenario you put us in, we'll find ways to be like, look how different this person is from me. Mm-hmm. Bitch, you're corn. Like, <laughs> you're different. We're all different. That's well, the
0: point. I kind of, I wanted to get into that, but it's so complicated that I didn't want to like spend an entire hour talking about biotech. But what, what got me really excited was it's totally unethical in my mind. I do not agree with it, but like genetically, uh, creating humans mm. to be certain ways or to look certain ways or to have certain features oh dude you're talking about like, eugenics oh my yes, god yes, yes. Yeah. but but what got me excited about that was the idea of creating somehow superheroes
1: okay so here's the thing katie i will be the person who pops this bubble for you because i had to have this bubble pop for me a few years ago we are not allowed to talk about eugenics. Eugenics has a lot of fucked up, really fucking racist <laughs> I history. Am by
0: no means. I know, okay dude, with dude,
1: dude, 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 dude. I'm, here's the thing. I'm honestly just a little <laughs> bit secretly delighted to find somebody else who's like, no, I know, but if it was in the right hands, but everybody fucking no, says no, that. No, 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 no. Everybody fucking says, I don't think it roll, should roll, ever roll. go down that path. Nobody should ever fucking do it. No, Nobody, I don't think anyone should ever go down ever. that path.
0: But I see what you're saying. But the idea of having a superhero in the world, yeah, okay. Sense. Wait.
1: Speaking of which, have you watched The Boys? Because that might be a no, place for where you No, but your you can... husband, like, an hour ago,
0: said I should watch The Boys. You
1: should watch The Boys, and that would actually be a really good way to explore this idea, because... Yeah. No, I think yeah. eugenics is fucked up. Yeah, yeah. No, I, dude, think, I, know. <laughs> I think
0: messing with, with genetics in any way, shape, or form with humans is fucked up. No, the only reason I
1: had that reaction is I just think it's interesting that you literally had the same exact, like, um, slide over as I did of, like, well, if we're doing I this, disagree, why can't we disagree, help people? disagree. Superheroes. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. It's like, wrong, 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 wrong. We can do what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, all right, yeah, all right. <laughs> Take that in. Um, yeah. So,
0: anyway, <laughs> no eugenics. Maybe minimize your use of plastics. Yeah. Which, listen, we're in a great time in, a time in the history of humankind where we have so many resources to use less plastic that are really great for the environment, yeah. really great for the world, yeah. and are more fun. Like, okay, California no longer just has plastic bags for yeah. use. You have to pay for them now. But also, there's so many great reusable bags Yeah. now, and we have, like... Straws that can be reused, and there's so I many people working a- towards this that you should look into it and try it, and maybe implement like two, th- implement one thing in your life this year I think that minimizes the- your impact on the world.
1: Absolutely, I if think everyone the- did that.
0: That'd be huge.
1: Exactly, one, 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 that, that's thing, the thing. one thing. One 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 change. I think that's the thing: is the knee jerk reaction is like, well, why should I? The reason you should is because you're part of a society. And if all of us did a little bit, we could maybe make it better. Yeah. And I think that's the point.
0: Like, I switched from using dryer sheets to using these, um... Oh, eth- the essential
1: oil balls. No, 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 they're, oh. um... <laughs> sorry. No, it's
0: okay. I-, I should put essential oil on them. Yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. idea. They're these ethically sourced, hand-made, um, pure wool balls yeah. that uh, support, like, um... I think they're... They, uh, are made by people in Nepal... That are given like fair wages. They're um like ethically sourced. So they're fair trade. Yes, they're yeah. fair, they're completely fair trade. They are like use reusable for like six hundred loads of laundry. That's amazing. They were like twenty bucks for a pack of five. Yeah. Um, they don't work insanely efficiently c- compared to dryer sheets, but they work just fine. And yeah. I'm not using dryer sheets every. Single and did time. you know too but that one little thing? That but one did little you thing. know
1: too that they're really good for they like they're really good for like reducing creases and, like, helping your clothes, like, not get, like, misshapen in the dryer because the ball's bouncing around helps, Mm -hmm. like, kind of move them around. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the reason I switched, to
0: Yeah. Small changes. But just something as simple as that. Like, go on Amazon. They're called... uh these are just called dryer balls, like wool, yeah. wool dryer balls. Yeah, mine are like little penguins. Yeah. Because like, keep like... them
1: away from your dog, because Gus loves to chew mine up, yeah. and he got one, and now I have five and not six. But
0: yeah, even something <laughs> as simple as that. Like, not only did I save a bunch of money by not buying dryer sheets every time I go to the grocery store yeah. now, but I have also am contributing to, like, one very, very, very minuscule but important impact into the world.
1: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure dryer sheets are toxic anyway. Yeah. Just like because of the paper that's left out. Or if you have dryer sheets and you want
0: to stick with dryer sheets, use the used dryer sheets as a dust uh, dust cloth. <gasps>
1: that's smart. Yeah. That's really smart.
0: Like, you know, doing that, having that practice, saving old dryer sheets and using those instead of using paper towels or using Clorox wipes or whatever to dust things is also like another way to implement that to in like reduce your impact in the world. That's a really good idea.
1: Yeah.
0: That's so smart. There's billions
1: of websites on and this we stuff. we really need to slow down climate change, you guys. It's like, I'm not joking. It's, like, a 12-year timeline. Like, yeah. we, we, really gotta, we really gotta chill. Yeah. So,
0: on that note... This hope, is your life. Go live it. It's great. <laughs> hope you're really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> hope you're not, like, internally imploding like I am
1: right now. Also, if you're stressed out, we're really sorry. Go to a park.
0: Yeah. Oh, um, email us your ideas on what you think... I mean, the general consensus that we got from our Instagram was that it's human- Fox. It'll be human-based. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I think that before any of these world, you know, end of the times kind of things come about, it's going to be humans. It'll fuck be it all up. us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Can't, so, anyway. Can't just anyway, fucking leave a good thing where it is.
0: you need something to say, just go ahead and email us. This is uncomfortable podcast at gmail.com. And we love you. We love you very much. Sorry you're so uncomfortable. Sorry, Bye. Mm-hmm.